Pittsburgh, downtown Waterbury. At Ruel, you will find fun, fresh, and trendy styles. Yes, something for everyone, all at a great price. Some of our clothing brands include Dylan, Mystery, Downey's Basics, Charisma, Yoga Jeans, Shoes by Springstep and Anu, and Tidewater Flip Flops. Complete your wardrobe with our stylish accessories, including hobo handbags and wallets, Marina layering tees and leggings, hanky-panky undergarments, kitsch jewelry and hair ties, plus scarves, hats, and that perfect shade of lip gloss. Ruel's grand opening is May 2nd at 11 o'clock with a welcoming reception from 4 to 8 p.m., serving hors d'oeuvres and sweet treats. We look forward to seeing you at Ruel Boutique. It's fun, it's fresh, and you'll love the way you dress. Find us at 21 Stowe Street in historic downtown Waterbury. It's time to get the story behind the story. Interviews with newsmakers, newsbreakers, and your phone calls. Radio Vermont presents The Mark Johnson Show. Thank you, Jim Connie. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. Thanks for tuning in. Nice day out there today. Thanks for spending part of it with us. And hey, it's uh, Thursday, which means it's almost Friday. Coming up on the program, uh, later in the program, in our second hour today, we'll chat about the upcoming big uh, fight that's going on, the big boxing fight that's going to be coming up this weekend. We'll talk with an author that explores the question of why we find such fascination in watching people beat one another up. So that'll be coming your way in our second hour this morning. We would welcome your phone calls throughout the uh, program. You can reach us at 244-1777. That's our local number in central Vermont. And you can also reach us on our toll-free lines at 877-291-8255. We're going to uh, spend our first segment here this morning uh, talking about Cuba. We uh, may get uh, an interruption from our friends uh, at WCX. Alex Apple is down in Washington, D.C., covering the uh, the uh, Sanders campaign, which is now official. Bernie Sanders running for president of the United States. My goodness. I, I cover the guy now for... Some 30 years. That's a, that's, a, that's a phrase I never thought I would say. All right. Uh, and again, our phone number's on the program, 244-1777. That's our local number. Toll-free, 877-291-8255. We uh, welcome back to the program. Let's give a nice warm radio from my welcome this morning to filmmaker Alex Halkin. She's joining us. We're going to talk about Cuba, and we'll uh, talk about some events that are coming up that you might want to attend. Alex, good morning. How's it going? Good morning, Mark. I'm happy to be back. So you're actually back from Cuba, too. I am. I was in Cuba um, at the end of March for a couple weeks, participating in the um, Muestra Joven, the Young Directors Film Festival based in Havana, where my organization, the America's Media Initiative, actually gave a prize to um, an in-progress documentary film being made probably the first organization in the United States to ever give a monetary prize at a Cuban film festival. Wow, that's, that's cool. <laughs> that's interesting. So things have certainly changed in that country. I mean, you visited there quite a bit. Is there, I mean, any, any palatable, what's the word I'm looking for? Is there any sort of noticeable change now that our relations have supposedly, this big announcement started to thaw, or is it that way too early? Well, I think... You know, in terms of, like, concrete changes in Cuba, no. But I think there's been a shift kind of in the way that people are thinking about the United States. And everybody that I talked to in Cuba uh, was is extremely happy about the shift. 
um, and the normalizing of relations. Of course, everybody knows it's going to take time, nothing happens fast, but there is definitely a very positive reaction to that change. Mm -hmm. Though I would imagine within the crowd that you were um, hanging out with, I mean, pretty strong opposition to the government in general, right? Fair to say? Opposition to... Castro? No, it's much more nuanced, actually, than that. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of critique that happens within the filmmaking community in Cuba, in particular, well, in both fiction filmmaking and documentary filmmaking. You know, there's a lot of changes that people feel need to, to take place. But there's also a recognition that Cuba has, you know, created certain things, you know, since the revolution that are really important and people aren't willing to just kind of throw under the bus. Mm-hmm. Like healthcare. Like healthcare, um, education, free education. Uh, things, you know, those are kind of the two main pillars that people want to hold on to. Everything else is kind of up for, <laughs> for change. Uh-huh. Can you criticize the government in, in Cuba in a film? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's plenty of cr criticism that goes on. I think that would surprise people to hear. Especially, I would say, in particular in um, fiction films. But, for example, there's a new uh, feature documentary film that hopefully I'm going to be distributing starting in the fall uh, called Canción de Barrio, Song of the Street, which is a documentary about the Cuban musician Silvia Rodriguez, who did a number and continues to do a number of free concerts in the most marginalized and poor communities in and around Havana. And what the filmmaker Alejandro Ramirez did was go into these barrios when the, you know, before the concerts were happening and talk to the people and show their reality. And it's a very heavy critique of kind of the, the situation with, in particular, Afro-Cubans and people that have come in from the countryside and moved illegally into Havana mm. and their living situation, which is pretty extreme. Mm -hmm. Like total poverty. Like total poverty. Wow. Like total okay, poverty. so that, that's interesting. People are moving from the countryside into Havana for work, huh? Yep. Yep. Uh, let's talk about your uh, let's talk about your film uh, or the film that's going to be showing, um, and it's going to be showing at a variety of different places. Uh, the good news is there's a couple right here, Plainfield, and also up in Burlington. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about the film. What is it? The film is called Terralismo, Stories of a Cooperative Farm, and it is about the organic urban farm in Alamar, which is one of the most successful and famous organic farms in Cuba, urban farms. And basically what the film does is it show it, it's kind of a survey of how the, how it started and, you know, and kind of an intimate look at the people that work on the farm and where they came from, because these, the vast majority of people that work on the farm didn't come from studying agronomy. They came from a lot of different practices. The farm was started during the special period in Cuba, which was when, which happened after the Soviet bloc fell. And Cuba was um, in pretty dire straits because they lost a lot of their... Right. Their um, sponsorship, sponsorship, exactly. So it's the it's a special period. The wow. special period, Eef. yeah, yeah. That's what it was called. Um, and it's a beautiful film. It talks about a lot of the different sustainable ag agricultural practices that the farm uses. Uh, you know, creating, um, you know, 
ladybugs, growing ladybugs to fight certain pests, planting different kinds of flowers and plants around the crop so that it confuses the bugs and they go to one plant instead of the, you know, the plant that they're growing. Right. Um, lots of things like that. Isis can definitely talk more detail about that. But it's... It's a really, um, I think it's, it's, it's a film that has really resonated with people. We've been on tour uh, since the middle of April. We've been to New York, Chicago, Detroit, and Philadelphia, basically visiting urban farms in mm. these cities okay. and meeting with urban farmers and looking at their projects, but also doing public screenings where a lot of these urban farmers have been present. And you just see how the film connects with them and kind of what their mission is and what they're trying to accomplish in their own projects in these different cities. Hmm. Is there a lot of farming going on within the city confines of somewhere like Philadelphia? There's a ton. Really? <laughs> There's a ton. There was one organization that we were with whose name I am now not going to be able to remember, but she told us that there's 140 different plots that they have within the city of Philadelphia. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's huge. Um, is we, this like a grow? I'm oh, pardon the phrase. Is this a growing movement or? I would say yes, um, and it's in you know the, the a lot of the neighborhoods that we were in, both in Philly. Well, actually, Philly, Detroit, and Chicago were predominantly Afro American. Um, in you know these gardens were created in basically empty lots where there was nothing. Um, these A lot of these communities are considered food deserts because there are no grocery stores that sell fresh fruit or vegetables. Mm -hmm. So essentially, wow. these projects are creating, you know, the vegetables um, that people are eating in the communities there. That's incredible because usually that space is so valuable that it would never be used for gardens. It would be used for just another building. Well, in a, in, in a city like Detroit, there's so much abandonment. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, there is so much empty space that, um, you know, people are getting access to the, these empty lots and these just huge spaces and turning them into urban farms. And the idea of the movie is to help those urban farmers learn what people are doing in Cuba. Yeah, exactly. And to also, I, the film has been shown also quite extensively in Cuba to other farmers because Alamar is such a famous example that um, other farmers have like learned you know from the practices in Alamar. Okay. Uh, when's the movie being shown? Okay, we're doing two more screenings in Vermont. Tomorrow night we are doing a screening uh, from 7 to 9 p.m. at Main Street Landing in Burlington at the Film House. And on Sunday, we will be in Plainfield at the Plainfield Opera House doing a screening from 5 to 7 p.m. Okay. And then there are also events after. No. That's no. the end of the tour. Okay. Essentially, Sunday night closes the tour. Okay, so no, there's no presentations or anything, no show and tell or something as part well, of we're this. Well, we're, we, we'll be doing Q&A at the screening with Isis Salcines from who'll, the, who'll from the farm. Who will meet in a moment, yeah. Um, but after that, nope, we're, okay. we're done Okay. for right. this, this time. Just want to make sure people <laughs> knew they could ask questions, too. Uh, all right, so tell us about our guests that we're going to meet here in a moment. Um, Isis Salcines is uh, one of the founders of the uh, urban farm in Alamar. 
She's been working there, I think, since 1996, and she's had a number of different roles at the farm. Uh, she's an ex. She's an agronomist. She can talk about all different kinds of work that's going on at the farm. She also works with the um, youth program at the farm. And Margarita Fernandez is an expert in sustainable agriculture. She has lived and worked in Cuba and also other countries in Latin America. And she's also currently the executive director of the Vermont Caribbean Institute. Cool. All right. So we're going to take a short break. We'll bring them in and uh, add, add them to our discussion here. We'll take a short break. We're uh, broadcasting here this morning uh, in our studios. Tomorrow we'll be back down at the State House. We have a great lineup for you for that. We'll catch up on what's happening here in the final weeks of the Vermont Legislature. We'll be back right after these important announcements. It's no secret Mahiran Supermarket is a great place to shop. I'm Tom Mahiran. For over seven decades, Mihurans has been catering to the needs of the Mad River Valley and beyond. We have custom-cut meats, fresh produce and seafood, regular and organic grocery, locally produced foods galore, topped off by an extraordinary wine and beer department and a state liquor agency. Shop Mihurans Supermarket, Village Square Shopping Center, Waitsfield. This is Roger Williams at 802 Toyota in Berlin, Vermont. At 802 Toyota, you'll find more than just a car, like the highest-ranked service department in Vermont and beyond. The genuine Toyota parts to keep your car on the road. Our climate-controlled service drive to keep you and your car warm, dry, and clean. Our focus on finding you the right car at the best price and easy on your budget. And right now, you can save up to $3,000 on all in-stock 2015 Camrys. You'll find 0% financing on Toyota's most popular models and leases customized to fit your driving needs. 802 Toyota will not lose your business because of price, guaranteed. Come in and find out why we're number one. We're easy to find. Just click on 802toyota.com, call 844-802-TOYOTA, or drive to exit 7 off I-89. We're just minutes off the exit. 802 Toyota, driving to be Vermont's number one Toyota dealer. Community is our commitment at Northfield Savings Bank. Our continued support of Burlington Discover Jazz Festival is one example. Looking for a community-friendly approach to mortgages? Come to us. Or better yet, we'll come to you. Our mortgage originators will come to your home or office to make the process fast and easy. To get started, go online at nsbvt.com or dial 800-NSB-CASH and ask to speak with an originator. Northfield Savings Bank. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. We are different at Mid-State Jeep, and the proof is in the experience. Buying a car should be fun, and it should be an easy process. We invite you to stop by our store during the awards season event. Test drive a new Jeep, Ram, Dodge, or Chrysler, and experience how car buying should be. We have some great deals this month, like a brand-new 2015 Jeep Patriot for under $15,000, and it comes with a five-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. How do you beat that deal on a new vehicle? We have our largest selection ever of Jeep Wranglers, just in time for top-down driving and the all-new Jeep Wrangler. Renegade has arrived. Experience the Mid-State difference yourself and put the fun back into getting a vehicle today. Hi folks, this is Jerry Booth. In 1946, when my family started Booth Brothers Dairy, they knew the farmers and where their milk came from. 
today's world, everyone is concerned about where their food supply comes from. At Booth Brothers, it's the same as it was in 1946. 27 local farm families who supply us with quality milk. Produced right here in central Vermont. So ask yourself, do you know where your milk comes from? Remember, the next time you're in the dairy aisle, reach for Booth Brothers. We're back and uh, continue our discussion here. We're going to talk a little bit more about this uh, Cuban uh, documentary that uh, you can see either tonight or uh, tomorrow. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Saturday or Sunday. Today is Thursday, Mark. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's give a nice warm radio from out welcome this morning to uh, Isis Salcines, who, as you heard uh, Alex mention, uh, was one of the founders of the farm down just uh, outside of Havana. Also joining us is Margarita Fernandez, who's the executive director of the Vermont Caribbean Institute. Margarita, what is the Vermont Caribbean Institute all about? Vermont Caribbean Institute is a small nonprofit based out of Burlington. And um, we were founded about 12 years ago really to help um, facilitate exchange between U.S. citizens and Cuban citizens. So really about building relationships through people-to-people um, exchanges. So today we focus on three main areas. One is... Um, professional exchanges so for example last month i took three farmers from vermont down there to learn about the sustainable agriculture system in cuba last year we brought one of the leading agroecologists from cuba up to vermont to learn about the great work that vermont does in alternative food systems um and then we do courses through uvm and through saint michael's focused on marine ecology sustainable food systems and uh, sustainable development in general and so we get undergraduates and graduate students down there to do four-credit coursework in wow. Cuba. Wow, so interesting. So this sort of sounds almost like what happened back in the 70s and 80s with the programs, that, with exchange programs with the Soviet Union and Russia. Yeah. So it's same kind of breaking down similar, the walls. You know, there's, um, there have been other organizations in the United States that have been doing this since the 90s. Um, Global Exchange, Food First, um, Pastors for Peace, and so similar idea of using the people-to-people -people exchange concept as a way to build relationships between two countries who are separated because of political reasons. Okay. So are you going to be out of business here in short order? <laughs> I think it's a great opportunity for us to engage in deeper uh, exchanges. So now with the normalization of relations, we're hoping that it will be easier to actually support um, projects on the islands and give monetary support um up till now it was very difficult to do that and so it's really about the exchanges and the coursework and the taking people from one place to the other but now we'll be able to um hopefully have more access to funds and be yeah. able to actually support projects like ecesis farm where they have a great environmental education program and need support for infrastructure and need support for curriculum and so that will be easier to do now yeah how long do you think this is going to take before things are really kind of more I don't know. No, I mean, normal. I think it's going to be a little while. I don't know. My husband um, worked in Vietnam and lived there when the normalization relations happened. And okay. he said for, for, for Vietnam, it took about a year and a half. Huh. And I think it it's really hard to say. 
Um, I think people had high hopes in the beginning. December 17th was just everyone was ecstatic on both sides of, um, of the strait. And today I feel like there's a bit more of the settling of the excitement and mm-hmm. the reality is, is coming into play. And there's still a lot of differences between the two countries. There's a lot of issues that need to be um, negotiated. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the embassy hasn't opened yet and the hope was that it would be open by now, by April, right. before the summit of Panama happened, which was just two weeks ago, and that hasn't happened. So, um, I think it's going to be a couple of years, but little things are happening. For example, now, um, the restrictions for traveling there, you don't need the license. You don't need to apply for the license now. So you can go sort of under honor system that you are following the one of the 12 regulations for traveling there. You can also use uh, ATM there, uh, MasterCard. So there are very few places that have ATMs. So you'll have to spend your whole vacation looking for the ATM, but you are technically allowed. U.S. banks have um, the systems in place to take out money there. And that's a huge um, change. Right, because you really, in the past, weren't supposed to have American money there or spend American money. You um, had to take everything down in cash because there's no way to take out money there or use any card connected to a U.S. bank. And you're restricted in the amount of money you could use under whatever license you were using, okay. you were going under. Wow, okay. Hmm. What, I don't want you to list all 12 of them, but what are some of the regulations that you have to follow? Professional exchanges, um, you need to fall under. So if you're a journalist, if you're going for a conference, if you're going as a researcher, um, educational exchanges, um, religious, humanitarian work, um, those are some of them. And then yeah. if you're a Cuban-American who has family there, obviously. Okay. And so right. for some of those, previously you had to go through a very long process of applying for the license. Right. Okay. Um, you're going to help with some translation here because uh, I know zero Spanish. Um, and uh, so can maybe you could help. Uh, I'd like to get Issa's reaction as well to the to the uh, normalization of, of and what she thinks might happen as a result of that. We have lots of expectations. The words from the 17th of December were very important. For many people, it was a hope that we did not expect and we hadn't seen. It changed our Christmas. But it's necessary that the process not extend itself too long for the actions to actually happen. We know that the steps that we take need to be very well thought out and benefit both countries. But it's necessary that actions happen quickly. Many of the changes that happen, we see it on the U.S. side right now. Mm-hmm. That they can travel more freely, there's less restrictions. They can use the banks. They can spend more money in Cuba. But... But that the relationship 
in terms of uh, economic exchange be a little bit deeper that brings benefits to Cuba. Todavía um, no se We don't see that yet. No mm -hmm. se ven en acciones. We don't see that Hay in actions yet. There's lots of conversations. Pero yo que estoy en la base, que estoy en la base productiva. Me myself who's in in the grassroots in the productive grassroots area, I want to see the action. Mm -hmm. Not just words, right? Mm -hmm. Let's um, let's talk about your farm. Why did you start, and why did you why did you start your farm? So the farm was started in 1997. It was a very difficult situation in Cuba. We had to produce food, or we were going to die of hunger. El lugar donde se encuentra la finca es un lugar que estaba destinado para un proyecto futuro fuera un área deportiva o un hospital. So the place where the farm is right now, um, before the farm was there, the plan was it was going to be a sports center or a hospital. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Eh, lo que existía era un pequeño vivero de frutales y maderables de 800 metros cuadrados. What existed was 800 square foot nursery of um, trees and ornamentals. Mi papá trabajó siempre en la agricultura, pero más bien de modo eh, ministerial como funcionario mm -hmm. atendiendo a nivel nacional. So her father had worked always in the Ministry of Agriculture as a as a functionary. Cuando se dio esta situación, muchas personas del ministerio tuvieron que asumir el desarrollo local en diferentes municipalidades de La Habana. So when the food crisis happened in the 90s, many of the people who worked in the Ministry of Agriculture were designated to take over green spaces that were dedicated to food oh, production in Havana. Okay. Okay. Él hoy dice que perdió los 20 mejores años de su vida en aquel ministerio. He said he lost the 20 best best years of his life working in the Ministry of Agriculture before he started the farm. Esta finca está frente con frente a nuestra casa. This farm is right in front of our home where she lives. Y entonces se ha convertido en un bello jardín y en un próspero negocio. So it's turned into a beautiful garden and a very successful business. How big is it? So we started with 800 square feet, and now it's um, 10 hectares, which is about 25 acres. Okay, well, yeah. well, that's, that's, that's quite an expansion, huh? When we started, everyone thought we were crazy. Mi papá dice que él llegó allí como Robinson Crusoe. His, her father says that he got there like Robinson Crusoe. Mm -hmm. Ahora han pasado 18 años. Now 18 years have passed. Los cinco locos son 175. The five crazy people that started are now 165. Todo un hospital psiquiátrico. A whole, a whole psychiatric hospital there working. <laughs> How many people work there now? 175. 175. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. And what uh, what do you grow? Nuestro cultivo principal son vegetales, principalmente los de hojas. The main crop are uh, vegetables, mostly leafy vegetables. La lechuga la mantenemos durante todo el año. Lettuce they have all year long. También tenemos acelga. Uh, Swiss chard. Uh, zanahoria. Carrots. Tomate. Tomatoes. Pepino, cucumber. Uh, pimientos. Peppers. Eh, um, muchas plantas aromáticas. Lots of um, herbs. 
como albahaca, basil, parhil, parsley, cilantro, cilantro, oregano, oregano, uh, y plantas medicinales. And medicinal plants as well. Huh. También tenemos algunas plantas para el alimento animal. And then uh, plants for for animals. Porque también tenemos la cría de animales para cerrar el ciclo productivo. They also have animals to close the cycle of production. Okay. Tenemos 10 eh, toros de ceba. 10 uh, bulls. Y alrededor de 200 conejos. And 200 rabbits. Wow. Donde su objetivo fundamental no es la carne, uh, es el estiércol. And the objective, the main objective for those animals is not meat, it's the manure. Okay, okay. Pero bueno, el conejo crece rápido y yeah. tiene también su objetivo fundamental como carne. Right, but the, the rabbit grows fast, so they do eat the meat as well. Yeah, 200 rabbit becomes 400 rabbit very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, is the, how, are, how is the food distributed? Los alimentos se venden en un punto de venta. So the food is sold at a farm stand that's on the farm. No entra en la comida que se racionaliza en Cuba. It doesn't get sold to the state as part of the ration system. Mm -hmm. eh, un 90% de las producciones se vende directamente a la comunidad. So 90% gets sold directly to the community through the farm, farm stands. Y el otro por ciento se queda para hoteles, restaurantes, cafeterías. The other 10% goes to restaurants, cafeterias, hotels. And how, how many people go to the farm stand in a year? Alrededor de 3,000 núcleos familiares. So they have about 3,000 um, families that they regularly support. Wow. No tenemos, eh, no podemos eh, sostener toda la comunidad porque es una comunidad bien grande. They can't um, provide enough food for the whole community because it's a very large community. Mm-hmm. Wow. Pero podemos aportar buena parte en varias casas porque el cubano no come mucho vegetal. Mm -hmm. We can supply a, a good percentage of the food eaten in many of these homes because Cubans don't eat that many vegetables. Right, okay. El vegetal para okay. el cubano es decorativo. <laughs> the vegetable for the Cuban is decorative on okay. the plate. Okay, yeah, many, like many Americans, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. uh, are there other farms like yours? Existen otras fincas, no como la mía. <laughs> She says, no, not like mine. La mía se caracteriza por tener muchas cosas en un pedazo pequeño. Right, so mine is characterized by having lots of different things in a very small area. Es muy integral. It's a very integrated system. Porque tenemos una casa de postura. They have a nursery. Tenemos una parte para la venta y reproducción de plantas ornamentales. They have an area where they um, produce and sell ornamental plants. Tenemos un centro para producir materia orgánica, humus y suelos especiales. A center to produce um, organic matter for compost, soil amendments. Okay. Tenemos una pequeña industria. They have a small value added area. Tenemos la parte de la cría de animales. Uh, animal production. La venta de plantas medicinales, espirituales, The sale of um, medicinal plants, uh, plants used for religious purposes. Una casa para producir hongos comestibles. An area where they produce um, mushrooms. Okay. Y de biológico. Y además que producimos orgánico y contamos con un laboratorio donde reproducimos eh, insectos. Eh, 
controles biológicos como las cotorritas. And so because they're all, the whole farm is managed organically, they also have an area where they produce their own biological controls, such as um, ladybugs to control mm -hmm. pests. Preparamos nuestros propios bioplaguicidas. <coughs> they prepare their own biopesticides. Con diferentes plantas naturales. With different natural plants. Y hemos logrado un manejo integrado en todo este sistema que nos ha permitido obtener buenos resultados. So they've succeeded in establishing this very integrated system that's given them great results. Which I basically uses no chemicals. No. no. Nothing. No. 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 Okay. Ni, ni If your no. eyes got any bigger, <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I Pero hay fincas muy parecidas que van en camino a la nuestra. Somos un ejemplo. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of other farms that are like ours. Ours is a bit of a leader in the movement, but there are many other farms that are following a similar path. We're like a cell, but we, her, her father says that we need lots of cells just like ours. Mm -hmm. So is your decision to not use pesticides because you want it to be organic, that they're not available, well, you can't afford them? What, what is it? <coughs> Decidimos ser orgánico, no fue por convicción. So when we decided to become organic, it wasn't because of conviction, it was because of necessity. En estos momentos, muchos nos preguntan, con los nuevos cambios, ¿volverían a la revolución verde? So many people now are asking us, with the normalization of relations, will we go back to green revolution technologies? No, en estos momentos ya no es por necesidad, ahora and, es por convicción. And now, after 18 years of doing this, it's not because of necessity, it's because of conviction. Hmm, all right. What can farmers in Vermont learn from you? ¿Qué pueden aprender los de Vermont de ustedes? Bueno, las fincas que he visitado, no he podido experimentar mucho la parte técnica y sus producciones porque están comenzando mm -hmm. su, su temporada de, de siembra. So the farms that she's visited this past week in Vermont, she hasn't been able to get really a deep understanding of the, the technical aspects of production because the season is very early. Mm -hmm. So she hasn't been able to see the production really happening. Pero sí he podido ver que cuentan con un potencial eh, de implementos, tecnología. But she has seen that they have great um, capacity for production, especially with the equipment um, mm -hmm. that's on the farms. También de un nivel de preparación de las personas que están frente a estos lugares mm -hmm. eh, elevado. Also a high level of um, knowledge and human capacity to uh, manage organic systems. Me parece que la que tengo que venir a aprender soy yo. <laughs> she thinks that the person who needs to learn here is her. She wants to come back to Vermont and learn more. Pues si empezamos los intercambios y se empieza a producir un poco más con más implementos y menos más equipamientos que empezarán seguro cuando empiecen los intercambios entre cooperativas. Hay que prepararse para esta tecnología. So she's saying that she feels she's interested in having more exchanges and especially learning about how to use um, the different implements that Vermont farmers have. Aunque me parece que sigue siendo más beneficioso y menos costoso seguir arando mis tierras con bueyes. Although she thinks it's more beneficial and less costly to continue managing her land with the ox that she uses and the draft horses that she uses. Okay. Pero bueno. No, me puedo, no le digo no a la tecnología. Pero she won't say no to technology. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. Um, what do you think you could learn? I mean, it sounds as though you... you ¿Qué piensas que tú puedes aprender de aquí? So you sound very experienced already. Uno. First. <laughs> Planificarme. To um, be able to better plan her work. Nosotros mm -hmm. prácticamente es como cultivamos todo el año la planificación es... Because we in Cuba, producción. the season is all year long, and so we're planting all year long. Um, there's less time for the planning. Yo los admiro tener medio año en tener que producir la comida para todo el año, no solamente de las personas, sino también de garantizar el alimento animal. I admire Vermont farmers because they only have six months to grow all of the food for humans and for the animals um, for the whole year in just six months. También veo muchísima eficiencia. She also sees a lot of efficiency. En los lugares que he ido, que a lo mejor en Cuba veo cuatro o cinco personas aquí se reduce en una o dos. So in, for example, in Cuba, I'll see in a space four or five people working, and here it's just one or two people working. Ah, huh. okay. Hmm. Y para mí es muy difícil. Nací en en un sistema eh, socialista. For me, it's very difficult being born in a socialist system. Donde todos somos dueños. Where all of us are owners. De, la, de, las, de los implementos de trabajo, pero al final esa generalidad de que todos somos dueños, al final no nadie siente el sentido de pertenencia como lo veo aquí. So we're all owners of um, the implements we use for our work, but in the end um, none of us are owners. We don't have the sense of ownership over what we have, and here she sees a lot of sense of mm. ownership. Mm -hmm. hmm. That's interesting. What what are uh, what's the most difficult pest? that you deal with? No plaga más. Bueno, allá la parte más difícil es el verano, en la etapa de verano. In the summertime is when we get the worst pests. Llueve muchísimo. It rains a lot. Las enfermedades por hongo se proliferan. The um, funguses are the worst. They proliferate very much. Yeah. Pero en nuestra finca el problema más difícil es con el áfido. In our farm the worst are the aphids. Y, la, y las, los caracoles, las oh, and the snails and slugs. Okay, yeah, very Pero, slimy. Yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's lots of traps that we can use to control them, but a lot of them are very expensive. Okay. Sometimes, yeah, they tell us you can have a trap with beer. We Pero, use that here too. Right. right. And then they go in to get the beer. Pero tendría que ponerle un guardaespalda al hombre que me va a poner la cerveza en el drink the beer yeah. right because right. then you need a guard to, to guard the beer because someone else <laughs> is going to drink se it se puede tomar la cerveza y ponerme algún otro líquido con el mismo color right I'll drink the beer and give me another liquid of the same color uh huh switch yes right. preferimos yes. cogerla con las manos right so they prefer to do it hand management what did you think of the movie? the movies um, de tiralismo. Sí, mm. I know. <laughs> Para mí, no, nunca pensé que la película fuera a trascender tanto. I never thought that the documentary would transcend so much. Cuando la vi por primera vez, me sentí muy... La, la vi tan... No la vi como una película. La vi como un testimonio porque las personas hablaban... 
when I saw it the first time, I didn't see it as a movie. I saw it as a testimony. Las personas te hablan con mucha naturalidad, the con workers, mucho sentimiento. The workers talk to the film with a lot of um, natural and talking from the heart. Es la, el impacto social de la cooperativa en la comunidad. The social impact of the cooperative in the community. Sentirse contento o sentirse que su salario es, es representativo en, en su vida. That the workers feel happy that they feel that their salary um, is good in their life. Porque el salario medio en Cuba es prácticamente no llega a 15 dólares. Because the average salary in Cuba practically doesn't reach 15 dollars a month. Wow. Nuestro salario, el básico, es aproximado, el mínimo es 350 hasta 700. So the base salary on her farm for the workers is between 350 pesos a month and 700 pesos a month, which translates to about between um, $20 a month and $35 a month. Pero además de este salario básico, tenemos un incremento que depende de las ventas. But then on top of that, so that's the base salary for the farm workers. On top of that, they get paid extra depending on how much the sales are. Okay. Las ganancias las, de, las dividimos en dos. Un 50% se destina para inversiones y desarrollo. So those profits get divided into two. 50% go into um, development back into the farm. Y el mm. otro 50% se distribuye entre los miembros. And then the other 50% gets distributed amongst all of the farm workers. No de la misma manera. Not the same way, though. So it depends on seniority. Okay. Okay. Y entonces, nuestro salario es a veces mucho mejor que el de un médico, que un abogado, que un... So the salary of the members of the farm is oftentimes much better than a lawyer or a doctor. Y el dinero no lo es todo en la vida. But money is not everything in life. Pero ayuda mucho. But it helps a lot. Um, I'm going to ask you this question again just to watch your eyes get big. Do you use pesticides on your farm? No. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> have, you, have you been to the farm, Margarita? Yes, I have. I've been so several times. Tell me what, give me your description of it. Um, well, I've, I went in 1998, which was just a year after it started, and it was a small urban farm that was doing wonderfully. I was impressed then, in 1998, and then I hadn't gone in about 10 years or so, um, wow. And it changed a lot. And then I went again last year. It had been several years. And I was shocked at the expansiveness of it, the number of people that worked there, the dedication of the people. Um, and it's just a beautiful farm. Everything's clean and neat and organized. And um, the colors are amazing. So aesthetically, it's so beautiful. And then um, the... The interesting thing about the farm is that it is one of the most popular farms in Cuba. So there's a lot of agritourism in Cuba. And so especially with these people's people exchanges, mm -hmm. um, many Americans who go there and from other countries to see about the sustainable agriculture movement in Cuba, which is very renowned, almost all of them go to this Organo Ponico Alamar because it's in Havana, so it's easy to access, and it's a very successful farm. So they get visitors almost every day. They get thousands and thousands a year. It's like Morse Farm in foliage season. Yes, yeah. Hmm. yeah. So um, when you go, you'll often have lots of different groups of foreigners walking around the farm. <laughs> and right. It's like a museum. It's like a museum. Uh -huh. <laughs> so it's... Um, 
it's it's impressive because it's managed as a cooperative also so all of the workers there um, are members of the cooperative and in that way it's democratically run as much as possible the salaries are distributed under a system that's in place and they're able to supply a large amount of vegetables to the Cuban population as EC said um, Cubans don't have a culture of eating a lot of vegetables in their diet, mm. but the urban farming movement in Cuba, which is quite um, successful, has had an impact on increasing the amount of vegetables consumed in the diet. Mm. Wow. All right, let's remind people when uh, the film's going to be shown. Uh, Burlington, 7 to 9, that's on Saturday at the Main Street Landing Film House. Admission uh, is $10. In Plainfield, 5 to 7 p.m. on Sunday, that's at the Plainfield Opera House. Uh, admission is uh, $8 for that. How do you get tickets, Alex, for this? Uh, it's first come, first serve. So at, at the, the door. door. At the so you door. have to go to the door. Okay. And, but plenty of tickets available right now. So. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, Main Street Landing is probably the best bet because it, it's, a, it's a big theater. seats 250. Okay, great. Thank you all for coming in. And um, thank you for your no. time. Yeah. Thank you right. to you for I can. Yeah. Me and your program. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, Isis uh joining us also, uh, Margarita Fernandez. She's with the Vermont Caribbean Institute. Uh, Isis runs the farm down in Havana. And also Alex Halkin joining us. She is a documentary filmmaker. We'll take a short break. Let our guests get out of here. We'll be back right after these important announcements. Hi, I'm Ed Farr from Capital City, Kiev.